This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One of the reasons that I love this job, one of the reasons that I love working at night, one of the reasons that I love the sports industry is because every day, every week, every round, every championship, it seems like we see something that either we haven't seen before or we haven't seen in eons. Pitch on the way. Ground ball, left side, coming in Bregman. He scoops the short hop, throws on the move to first, in time, and that is a ball game. A World Series no-hitter for the Houston Astros as they blank the Philadelphia Phillies 5 to nothing. This World Series is all square at two games apiece. And the Astros make history in the city of brotherly love in magical fashion with a no-hitter between four pitchers. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. I was listening to them live even as this moment was playing out in Philadelphia. And you want to talk about a wild swing. Wow. I definitely did not expect this. Did I think the Astros would bounce back? Absolutely. Did I think we would see the tenacious Astros who are led by a core that have gone to four World Series in six years or at least some of them, not all of them, obviously. I knew that we would see the best that Houston had to offer. And I expected that they would put up a fight. But a fight in the form of allowing zero hits? No, that was not something I ever considered. Also, just as a side note, can we now accept there are no jinxes in sports, how many times do you think the TV broadcast and the various radio broadcasts use the term no-hitter or no-no? And if you don't use the term no-hitter while a pitcher is throwing a no-hitter in a World Series game, then you are not doing your job. First loss at home for the Phillies in this postseason. We talked about home field advantages and how powerful they are, and this was the Astros' only option. To get on top early, to get to Aaron Nola, to finally see the bullpen when it mattered, and to get to their own bullpen when it mattered. But a no-hitter? The second one in World Series history, and I dare say the first that most of us have ever seen. I didn't see the first one. I know Jay didn't see the first one. That goes back to 1956 and Don Larson's perfect game. I wondered if we'd ever see a no-hitter on the World Series stage. Finally. Nine innings pitched by Javier, Abreu, Montero, Presley. No hits. Three walks. 14 
strikeouts. Immaculate. Most importantly, the World Series is now even. Wow. It was worth the price of admission. Although maybe the Phillies fans are disappointed that what they saw was a piece of history on which they came up on the wrong end. I enjoyed it, though, as a casual observer. You want baseball to be relevant and to matter in the morning headlines? Well, how about this? A no-hitter is the type of history that people recognize as significant, whether they're diehards or casual fans or not paying attention on a regular basis. It's a no-hitter. And it's only the third no-hitter in playoff history. How about that? Brownie points if you can remember who threw the other one. I actually happened to be working on that game. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So you can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Yes, the no-hitter will be the big story. But before the no-hitter, the Astros desperately had to break through against Aaron Nola, against the Phillies pitchers, because they had gone without runs for way too long. And it mattered in terms of quieting that crowd. There were people all day Tuesday not Tuesday, Wednesday, commenting, remarking, noting how raucous the crowd, how powerful and explosive and enthusiastic and electric the crowd at Citizens Bank Park for game number three. And the Astros really never got off the mat. And so it was critical for them to come out and even though they didn't score runs immediately, like the Phillies had done with the Bryce Harper homer in the opening frame of game number three. It was really important for them to get those runners on base, number one, because they really didn't, what they had three opportunities with runners in scoring position in game number three, that's it. Not only get the ducks on the pond, but however you could possibly do it, scrape together the runs, give your pitchers a little bit of breathing room. Not that they're letting their guard down, not that they aren't bringing everything they got, but just a, ha, ah, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to do my job. First pitch. Inside and that hit him, and that's a run. Jordan Alvarez got hit, gets ready to take his base. McCormick scores, and the Astros lead one to nothing the hard way. Another 0-2. And Bregman lines this one over to right field. Racing over Cassianos. He won't get there. That's going to go to the wall. Altuve scores. Right behind him, Pena. He will score. Down the third goes Alvarez. Bregman drives in two with an opposite field double. Three to nothing, Astros. The 0-1. And Tucker lifts this one in the center field. Marsh to his left. He's there, makes the catch. Both runners tagging. As Alvarez scores, Bregman will get to third. Alvarado's 1-2. And that's a ground ball through the draw and infield and in the left, a base hit. Bregman can walk home. Yuli Gurriel with an RBI single. 5 nothing Astros. Once again, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. So it's five runs on five hits in the fifth. But do you remember the last time that the Astros had a 5 nothing lead? It actually didn't last. The Phillies came back immediately. That was in the opener of this World Series in Houston. Alex Bregman with the big blow, the two-run double. And to me, that was 
unbelievably important. I don't think you can even express how important that clutch hit by Alex Bregman. Number one, he has so much experience on this stage. It's up to him to set the tone for the team. Him and Jose Altuve, who I feel like we've heard hide nor hair of so far in this postseason. But the Astros badly needed a breakthrough, and Bregman is the one to do it. He provides the Houston swagger. He provides the Houston energy. He provides the Astros pushback. He's the toughness, right? And I'm not saying all the other guys aren't, but they look to him. They look to Altuve. They look to the Astros who've been in this space before. These guys are legendary for what they've done in the World Series and in the playoffs. And for him to come through with that two-run double where otherwise you're talking about a hit-by-pitch, a sacrifice fly. And are those important? Absolutely. A ground out. Those are just as critical. But for Bregman to come through with a big blow and to get that double to dive into the right field corner, he sets the tone for the team. He provides the Houston swagger. That's his job as one of the veterans, as a guy who has been there, done that, has a World Series ring. However, he acquired it. He does, in fact, have it. (laughs) It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio, and he believed that the Astros would respond to being shut down in Game 3. We have a uh, good ability to turn the page. Um, you can't you can't dwell on things, especially in the postseason. You got to move on to the next day, the next pitch, because that's the most important pitch in the postseason. And um, I think our guys did a really good job of showing up ready to compete today. Um, and I was definitely uh, very proud of them. As you can imagine, uh, it took pressure off of at the time Christian Javier. Though I'm not sure he needed it. He was definitely locked in. Two balls and two strikes to Castellanos. And got him upstairs, strike three. Javier strikes out the side on cheese. And Javier strolls back to the dugout. The one-two. At the knees for strike three. Bryson Stott gets rung up. That is nine strikeouts for Christian Javier. And he has struck out the last five in a row. Pitch on the way. And he pokes it and pops it up. First base side foul territory. Gurriel lopes over, makes the one-handed grab. And Christian Javier continues to dominate. Hasn't allowed a hit through five. 3-2. Ground ball left side right at Pena. Shortstop up with it. Throws across in time. And Christian Javier absolutely masterful. Six no-hit innings has struck out nine. When the dust settled on Christian Javier, 97 pitches over six innings. He does put two guys on base via the walk, but erases them quickly. Nine strikeouts. Again, Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on Astros Radio. And then it was up to the bullpen. And for the bullpen, there was only one walk among them. One walk and five more strikeouts. That's it. A little bit contagious, no, among the pitchers for sure. We say heating is contagious, but I feel like in this case, human beings... Many, many times we don't want to let down or be the let down, especially when it comes to team sports. And so for these guys to be able to piece this together with four different pitchers, we knew that the Astros bullpen could be lights out. 
We just hadn't seen a whole lot of them in positions of strength, dealing with a position of strength like they were tonight. And then Christian Vasquez, what can you say about him? The guy who's behind the plate, that's also really important. In fact, Dusty Baker thinks that Javier and Vasquez were on track to do something special. Christian Vasquez called a, you know, a great game for him. And uh, I think that's the first time I've seen two guys with the same first name as a battery. So maybe, maybe that was part of it. We have not finished the job here. Uh, I think it's a special moment. Obviously, it's a no hitter. You know, it's two catchers in history to to make uh, call a no hitter. So yeah, it's very special. They were facing a great lineup. Uh, uh, with a lot of power, you know, in this ballpark, we, we see it yesterday, and, and it was fun to to get back and get a W to the nine, and, and it was awesome, awesome game. I'm not sure if you knew this. I didn't. I didn't know the exact number. You could tell when you were watching that the Phillies hitters were forcing Christian Javier to work hard for his outs. I love his fearless approach. He wasn't afraid to throw his fastball. He wasn't afraid to throw his pitches. He wasn't dancing around the best hitters for the Phillies, though you can understand why that would be intimidating uh, considering what we've seen from guys like Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and JT Real Muto and others. But something that I didn't know until I was listening to the postgame analysis, the Phillies actually fouled off 29 pitches by Javier. How about that? 97 pitches that he throws in total over the course of his six innings pitched. And 29 of them are fouled off. <laughs> they made him work hard in this game. And so he earned every bit of his six innings of no-hit ball and As it turns out, his parents were there, and apparently, according to Javier, now we have the Spanish uh, version, or we have his translator, Um, so I'll let you hear from Dusty Baker instead. It's, it's, I think it's really neat, though, that his parents believed in him so much that they told him he was going to throw a no-hitter tonight. He was electric, and, uh, you know, he threw the ball up, down, and that shows you that the best pitch in baseball is still a well-located fastball. I heard his mom and dad were here from Dominican. They got to see him pitch. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's always great when you do something in front of your your folks. And, uh, I mean, this is a world stage here. From People from all over the world are watching this, and uh, he certainly put himself on the map. I love that. Uh, I also heard Alex Bregman say on MLB Network that his dad was there too. Well, his his whole family, but that his parents are there, his dad's really enjoying this, um, and that he, he's got a baby, hmm, I don't know if it was daughter or son, sorry, uh, there's a grandchild for the first time, uh, Bregman is now a dad, and so his parents get to spend the mornings playing with their grandbaby, a grandson, thank you, Jay, uh, and they get to watch... Alex play at night and watch the Astros play at night. So that's really neat. 
Uh, and he credited his family with the fact that they have followed him on the road throughout all of these Astros postseason runs. He says the whole family packs up and and goes on the road with him or, you know, back and forth to the various stadiums for a full month, the month of October. And so it becomes a family affair for Bregman. But this is the first time in which they've had a grandbaby as well. Also, 19 World Series RBI. Alex Bregman, 19 World Series RBI. That cannot be overlooked, that production, which is why he had to be the one to come through with that clutch hit in the fifth inning. So congratulations to the Astros. Yes, history. That is obviously something that you can remember forever and that fans will remember forever. But most importantly, by winning this game, they head back to Houston. The series will not end in Philadelphia, regardless of what happens in Game 5, though Game 5 obviously is crucial, and the stats bear out that the winner of Game 5 in a tie series, the vast majority of the time, goes on to win or to advance. In this case, it would be win. Uh, But certainly, the entire goal for the Astros was to be able to get this World Series back to their own ballpark. That's what we were coming here trying to you know, take it back home. I mean, you want to win them all, but, you know, we realize how tough these guys, you know, have been in this ballpark. And uh, uh, reality, um, you know, when you go on the road, if you can win two out of three, then you've you've had a pretty good series. Dusty Baker, so laid back after watching his guys hit a no-hitter. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, I wish it had been in Houston. That would have been phenomenal. But either way, history is history. And for the first time in my life, for the first time for many of us, we have an opportunity to see World Series history in the form of a no-hitter. So, Jay, do you remember? You Well, you do remember. I know this about you. You remember. It's interesting the tie with the only other playoff no-hitter in history. So we have Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. Again, neither one of us was, well, so forget being around. Born. Yeah, we, were, we weren't even a thought. I'm trying to think where my mom was in 1956. Hold on. Let's see. She graduated from college in 64. So, heavens, my mom was still in school. <laughs> anyway, um, so, <laughs> so we were not on this planet and didn't have a chance to see it. We've only seen it in videos. Missed that one. Yeah, I missed that one. There has been – this is kind of crazy to me. Of all the playoff games that have ever been thrown, that have ever been played, only three times have we seen no hitters. I mean, that speaks to certainly the quality of the hitters that you get in October. But the only other one happened to be a Philly. So it's kind of neat that they're involved in uh, the two, the most recent two. And the other one happened 20 – no, sorry, not 20. 12 years ago, uh, I was working – On ESPN Radio at the time, I was the studio host for, uh, it was a first round game, and Roy Halladay had made the jump from Toronto, he'd been traded from Toronto to Philadelphia, and he threw a no-hitter, and I just remember how nervous we were in the studio as we realized that we were approaching history, excuse me, that we, I couldn't sit down except for when I was delivering updates or breaking in with whatever stats I was supposed to be breaking in with. Whenever I was on the air, I could sit down. Otherwise I was pacing around the studio and so nervous because it it was something we had never seen before and this generation had never seen before. And now we get a no hitter on the world series stage. 
Yeah, I really do remember that Roy Halladay one being like a really big moment mm-hmm. just online. And I wasn't even in in media yet. I wasn't in sports. I was just graduating high school. And I just still remember watching the game, being on the edge of my feet. And, you know, Twitter was a thing then. So everyone was on Twitter. Was talking to, I don't remember yeah, that. I was on Twitter. That I wasn't time, on so was Twitter then. <laughs> I was early, but I was. And I just remember like, yeah, it was a really big deal when that happened. It was cool. That is really neat. The, the fact the Phillies have had one go their way and now have been on the wrong end of one. We will hear from, well, a cranky Kyle Schwarber, uh, but also Aaron Nola, who for the second time in this World Series gets roughed up by the Astros. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. We have a lot to get to. Uh, and baseball will be the primary theme because of the history, but we've got basketball and we've got football and we've got more basketball and more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Football. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Schwarber's on it first, and Presley out of the stretch. Delivers, and the pitch bounced to third. Bregman scoops it on the run, throws on the run to first. It's in time, and it's a no-hitter here for the Astros in Game 4 of the World Series. It is only the third playoff no-hitter in Major League Baseball history. It is the second to happen here at Citizens Bank Park. We were no hit earlier in the year in New York against the Mets, and we came back the next day and won. So these guys, they got a short memory, and they're going to go home tonight and they're gonna go to bed and come back in here tomorrow and prep and compete like they always do. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Rob Thompson. It definitely is a painful blow. But it's no more painful and tougher to stomach than losing. (laughs) I mean, I would say as much as you don't want to be on the wrong side of history, 
what does it matter, really? I mean, the loss is what matters. The fact that you just dropped a game at home and that you, as is typical, momentum is fleeting in sports, that you no longer have this momentum that you had in, in game number three. But ultimately, the fact that the series is tied, I hate to be the non-romantic here, but the fact that the series is tied is far more important than the the history of the no-hitter because that becomes moot moving on to game number five. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. That's the final call on Phillies radio because we wanted you to hear from the Phillies. So Bryce Harper, he was muttering to himself as he was walking away from home plate multiple times. He just ran into some good pitching. I mean, it happens. Um, it's part of the game, and, you know, good pitching beats, you know, good hitting any day of the week. So, um, you know, got to flush that, like I said, you know, as quick as possible and get ready for tomorrow. There were a lot of strikeouts. I mean, we we know that, that uh, not only did Christian Javier set the tone, but there was a stretch there with the relievers where you just had Phillies flailing. They didn't know what was coming, didn't know how to get ready for it. Uh, and considering the heart of this order and how tough they've been, uh, this was it was a game that you just want to forget. And, and maybe you watch tape and you see kind of what you've done or what you did. But for the most part, you want to flush it. So Bryce Harper strikes out twice. Kyle Schwarber strikes out once. He was a little saltier when asked about being no hit. I really don't give a oh. <laughs> No, move on tomorrow. It's cool. We'll be in the history books, I guess. You guess. Yes, you definitely will be in the history books. Baseball loves its history. JT Real Muto strikes out three times. Nick Castellano strikes out three times. Alec Bohm strikes out three times. Man, it is amazing how quickly the storylines can change and how quickly the script is flipped in sports when you're talking about these championship stages and performing at the highest level. As for Aaron Nola, he goes through four innings. He allows three runs on seven hits officially, but yet another tough start for him uh, as the Phillies used him in the opener, and he was charged with all five runs by the Astros. Obviously not the way uh, I wanted to go. Um, Limited the damage those four innings and uh, put up those zeros, but fifth inning got kind of out of hand for me, and, uh, you know, Left Alvarado in a bad spot coming in with bases loaded with no outs. Yeah, so a couple of those uh, runs, you know, those runners are are his responsibility. So it was a game that the Phillies just want to flush. <laughs> I've been using on Twitter some goofy hashtags like Phillies Fever, P-H-E-V-E-R. Maybe this time I can use Phillies Flush, <laughs> P-H-L-U-S-H. That wouldn't work in Wordle. They would, but but you know what? Maybe I'll use flush as my morning word in Wordle just because. <laughs> Marco Belletti is here in studio. Uh, so we were just talking about the fact that obviously neither Jay nor I were around for Don Larson's perfect game. Neither were you. I was going to say. Let's no, not no, put no. me back in 1956. Hang on. Relax. Take a <laughs> breath. Sorry, I don't like it when people tell me to relax, so I take that back. Please strike that from the record. Um, But I was wondering, I don't know. This is actually an interesting question. How much of our audience saw Don Larson's perfect game? So I already heard from someone. I know we do have grandparents who listen because every now and then they'll identify themselves as grandparents. Mm -hmm. And I know we have young people who listen to some guy. Some young guy said to me last week, 
hey, don't worry. If you run out of candy, we'll take, we young people will take money when we trick or treat. That was on my Facebook page. Uh, and so I know we have a large variety, mm-hmm. you know, wondrous variety around the country, but I wonder how many people remember. I mean, 1956 is, that's a, uh, you yeah. got to be at least what? Let's see, 60, well, to, no, in order gotta, to, to remember, remember it, you got to be older be than that. Easy. Yeah. Easy huh. into your 70s. And also keep in mind, too, 1956, uh, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty close. That game would be in the afternoon. So the idea of even seeing it is right. hard to know if people actually saw Let's the look. game. Because the game would be in the afternoon because all the World Series games back then. So you're talking mm-hmm. about uh, if you were in school, maybe you caught the end. If it was on TV, did you have a TV in 1956? Like these are a lot of True. Uh, questions that True. would go into it. And did you see it in maybe a store as you walk by, catch it in the window? I would think if you actually have any memory of it, it would be the radio. Yes, that would be my guess. Yes, for sure. Uh, this will be fun. Let's look at the box score because there's always a box score. Baseball does its box scores. So he, let's see, he obviously went nine innings, no hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. How about that? So cool. New York Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Would Vince Scully have been part of that? He was, wasn't he? I feel like that's something that yeah, he he was calling against yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah, that oh my gosh, we maybe uh, we, we might have used we the highlight before actually. Probably have that call somewhere. Yeah, it's iconic. I'm sure we might have to trot out some Vin Scully in honor of the amazing broadcaster who was behind the mic for I think it was 25 or 26 World Series. Uh, so, gosh, I would love to hear his memories and his perspective. I wish he had seen. The second World Series no-hitter, but obviously passed away a few months ago. So, that's, wow. Mickey Mantle hit a home run in that game, by the way. Sounds about right. <laughs> I think he hit 18 in the World Series, memory serves. Oh. I some People ask me sometimes, uh, what other era of sports do you wish you had seen? And I wish I had seen the golden age of baseball because I I would have enjoyed seeing some of these greats outside of YouTube videos. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The greatest game ever pitched, he said. That's phenomenal. Love it. Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Yankees, October 8th, 1956. We did get a playoff no-hitter 12 years ago. That I remember very well, and I was telling Producer Jay and our audience that I remember being so nervous I couldn't sit down. Even though I had no rooting interest, it was just (laughs) the possibility of actually seeing a no-hitter in the playoffs. But this is something different. Does it take away from you for you that it wasn't one pitcher? Yeah. Does it? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. To me, it's not. It's not even close. It's not even in the same ballpark. Uh, there's no. There's no difference. There's no correlation for me between a combined no hitter and an actual, in my mind, real no hitter. There's, there's real no hitter. E- it's not even close. It's cool. It's a nice little footnote. Uh, it was. In, it was fun to watch tonight. No. There's no drama in the ninth inning. There's nothing. There's no idea of one guy getting through, getting over the hump, finding that last little piece that you've got. There's none of that. There's none of it. Except you and I both have to agree, especially in light of your comments last night about how Dusty Baker leaves his starters in too long. You have to agree that on this stage, the no-hitter is almost irrelevant. I mean, it's nice. Certainly you want to keep your opponent from getting on base, but the point is to even the series. If you get the no-hitter, fantastic, but you're not chasing history here. No, I get it. And you have to make sure that if you're in Dusty Baker's shoes, what's best for the team? I get that. I understand that, and I also understand the concept of, you know, I think Javier's only broken 100 pitches, I think, twice this year, and you know they've been kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, babying him for a while now. So I understand all of that. I'm not saying that necessarily it's the wrong thing to do to bring him out of this game, although I probably would have let him throw the seventh, but I understand either way. But if you're asking me historically, like the, the history of it, no, it's not even close. Mm. There's nothing. Look, Roy Halladay, what he did 12 years ago, what Don Larson did in 56, it's not even close. It's one guy against basically what it feels like is the world. Mm. This is different. Now you got another guy coming out of the pen. I know it's it's difficult in and of itself, and you need to have four guys be on the top of their game, but you're asking those guys to come out of the pen with really no pressure of any kind because if they give up a base hit, nobody cares. Oh, look, you had seven and a third. No, we're still talking about Christian Javier going six no-hit innings. No one cares if Brian Abreu gives up a, a base hit in the seventh inning. We don't care. So it's not the same pressure. Who's we? The collective we. I mean, we even discussing it. Honestly, like it's, it would be not even a footnote after the game is over. You would say 5 nothing, and if they scratched off two hits off the off the bullpen, nobody would, have, nobody would even have thought about it. It would have been the series is tied at two. Wow, the Phillies' bats went quiet. How great was Javier tonight? Well, I do think for casual fans or just outside of the sports world, it's neat. Maybe it attracts some more attention, the fact that uh, you had a no-hitter on the World Series stage. And I kind of think it's neat that we saw one. I would agree with you. It doesn't have the same buzz. 
uh, that that a one not- man gutting it out all the way through. Uh, and I like the way that you term it, one man against the world. Though certainly his teammates are all in and oh, are yeah. on his side and nervous. But I wouldn't say that I was feeling that same tension that I did going back to Roy Halliday's no-hitter. It's, it's not even, like I said, it's, it's not the same. Now, I realize the game has changed and you have to evolve and things move on and you're either going to, you know, stand and yell at the clouds or you're going to move with the game. That's fine. But it's not going to have the same vibe if you're talking about a fourth reliever coming out of the pen. (laughs) What part of anybody was all of a sudden attached to Ryan Presley in in the ninth? We're not. We're just not. That's not the guy that got us here. So there's a different feel. You know, it's not the way it was. Again, we all watched it, or most of us watched it, I would imagine, 12 years ago. And Virtually none of us watched it in 1956. Um, although I'll say for footnote for me, I got to talk to a guy that actually called that game, Bob Wolf, uh, who did call that game in the wow. 1950s. Nicest human being on the planet. Uh, he's called a million different moments. I met him once. We talked for, I want to say, a half hour. Nicest guy. Talking about that a little bit. Bob Wolf has seen, we talk about historical mo- He's done and seen every one of them. So, unfortunately, Bob left us a few years ago, but... Uh, that's that's my connection to the 1956 Don Larson perfect game. Mm, very cool. I mean, the Astros pitching staff had it in them, of course. They did it against the Yankees earlier in the year. That was in June, and nearly no hit them a second time. And and big picture, <laughs> right? Yeah, big picture. This is exactly what the Astros needed. Again, forget whether or not it's a no hitter. It's a nice footnote. It's super cool. It makes for great video and audio. But most importantly, the series is now tied and headed back to Houston. All right, you can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. If you did see Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series, or if you listened to it on the radio, if you were alive, I'd love to hear your perspective. So again, on Twitter, on Facebook, or our phone number. 855-212-4227. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Smart on the left side against Garland. Spins around Garland. Shot rejected by Allen. Garland at the other end. Love! And on the slam, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, what a pass by DG. Mitchell slammed it home. Oh, what a tandem in the backcourt. Gabs by one, 114-113. It'll be smart to pull the trigger over on the far side. Got it into Brown. Brown will shoot it over Wade. Big bounce, no! Cavs win! Cavaliers win! 114-113. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is six in a row for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tim Alcorn on Cavs Radio. And this one's significant because it marked the return of Darius Garland, who had missed five games because he had a a nasty eye injury. So he had 29. Donovan Mitchell chips in 25. And they hang on for dear life in overtime. But that is now six straight wins for the Cavs since Donovan Mitchell came on board. We continuously do what we did, like do what we do. That's that's the biggest thing. Do what you do and, and be really good good at it and hold each other accountable with that. And, you know, against a team that made it to the finals. And I said that before Boston that, you know, we're trying to continue to get to where that where they were or are and, and, and beyond. And, you know, to see our effort as a team this early, it's it's truly impressive. And, you know, for us, we just got to continue to build. 
Donovan was on the receiving end of an alley-oop pass from Darius Garland, who did have a dozen assists. And the the oop uh, that you hear there in OT put the Cavs up by three. And then Jalen Brown did have an opportunity at the end, but wasn't able to hit the big shot. The end of regulation, we got the, the hand back um, to JT. So for this one, we, we drew up. We had a lot of space in the middle of the floor. Um, and it was pretty much just give me the ball and make a play. And I came up short. He mentions JT. So Jason Tatum had a bucket with about a minute to go in regulation. And that put Boston within a point. Um, and so then, of course, they had a chance to to win it at the buzzer. Um, and that's what Jalen Brown is talking about. And his shot was a doink. Off the back of the rim. It wasn't a double doink like what you see sometimes in football, which actually really hard to do. I'm always really impressed when kickers manage a double doink. You have to try to do that. It's almost more impressive than making the field goal itself. Yeah, seriously. That's quite the accuracy. It's a little bit like me when I'm on the golf course. If I aim for the tree, I'll never hit the tree. So you aim for the tree. You aim for the crossbar or the upright. And, uh, well, I suppose these guys are dead eyes. So maybe that's not a good strategy for them. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We... uh, We're hoping, I was hoping, uh, that we would have Celtics' reaction to Ime Udoka ending up with the Brooklyn Nets, and that could happen sometime. I'd heard it was reported that it might take place on Wednesday. It did not, unless I missed something. Um, It could take place on Thursday. It's not supposed to be a real convoluted process and all I can think is that the Celtics must be ecstatic at the fact that they are able to get something in return for a coach that by all accounts they have zero intention of bringing back Um, and then there's this contrast between the way the Celtics handled sexual harassment accusations and claims against their former head coach versus the way that the Nets handled the Kyrie mess. Now, there has been an about face. And you may have seen the statements that were issued. I have zero doubt. And when I say zero, I mean a big, gigantic goose egg. As in how many hits the Phillies had in game four. Goose eggs across the board. I have zero doubt that Kyrie Irving's statement was not his idea. If you want to, Producer Jay, you can go back and dig up the Kyrie audio from Saturday in which he said he was not standing down, in which he was defiant in indicating that not only did he have no reason to delete his tweet, no reason to be ashamed of what he put out there, but that... He was not going to be bullied. He was not going to stand down. He wasn't going to change his direction. This was over the weekend. I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. Well, now he has changed his tune drastically and dramatically. And I dare say this is because either sponsors got to the Nets or sponsors got to Kyrie or the Nets indicated that he better change his tune or he was going to be held out of games. Maybe the NBA weighed in, though I don't know what was happening behind the scenes. But the statement comes from Kyrie 
the Nets and the Anti-Defamation League. Quote, I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I am aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, I love how he drags his family into it, we meant no harm to any one group, race, or religion of people and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light. In my research and in and reading a little more about this film, one that I would never watch, what I found out is that this film actually promotes the theory, the conspiracy theory, that the Holocaust didn't really happen. Uh, that it was contrived by the Jewish people so that they could run the world or some such nonsense like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the man who came up with the conspiracy theory about Sandy Hook Elementary not only got sued, but had to pay, is now on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's a dangerous conspiracy theory. And it's obviously painful when there were millions of Jews that were exterminated. And while I still would say that I don't necessarily believe that a retweet means you endorse or you support or you are on board with everything that is in a quote or a video or a book, another post. I still say it's hurtful that Kyrie would in any way be associated with this. And I can understand why there is pushback. I can understand why there are cries of him being anti-Semitic. Whether or not he is, I don't know. I know he's big on learning as much as he possibly can, but he made a mistake here, and at least he's changed his tune. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.